0: chapter 5 come on i'm just messing with you luke 5 verse 15 don't mess with the minister mike (laughs) thank you appreciate our worship team luke 5 verse 15 and we'll read until i stop are you ready Reading from the New King James. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to say that last part with me. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Let's say it again. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought on a bed a man paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find, that was tongues. Verse 19, let's start it again. And here's the interpretation. And when they could not find, there you go, how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on a housetop and let him down on his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, I want you to say that, and when he saw their faith, faith will be seen. You will see people's faith. He said to a man, Your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began reason, reasoning, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to this man who is paralyzed, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them took up when he'd been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we've seen strange things today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in the moments that remain in this service tonight. I thank you for the freedom and the joy that we all sense, and for the wonderful testimonies that we share of your deliverance and your power, your freedom the joy that comes from knowing you. And we thank you for your presence right now that fills this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In Deuteronomy 29, verse 5, Deuteronomy 29, 5, it says that during the 40 years that he led them through the desert, that their clothes didn't wear out, and the sandals on their feet didn't wear out. I've often thought about why it was that their clothes didn't wear out. Now think about Caleb and Joshua and how they went as spies into the land, and 40 years later, after they had to wait for a whole generation to die off, they're still as fresh as a daisy. As Caleb said, "I'm going to take my mountain. I'm as good as I was 40 years ago. I'm ready to rock." you think about the Ark of the Covenant and how whatever was in the ark just didn't seem to ever spoil, or there's something about the power of God. There's something about the presence of God that brings healing, it brings rejuvenation. It brings strength, it brings empowering. Lord let your presence come. I think about David in the Old Testament. You can read 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 12. It talks about the ark and how they're bringing it out of the Philistines. And this guy Uzzah had what we call a sin of familiarity. The ark had been captured by the Philistines and uh, they had all kinds of problems i mean what do you do when you capture god i think you're going to have a problem and they sent the god box back because of tumors and their god was destroyed fell broke off his head dagon had a problem they had emrons and you can go look up what an emron is you don't want that they use preparation h is, is what they use for emrons now god gave them hemorrhoids that's that's what the study study that out God God said, man, you are not allowed to have the ark of God. And they got hemorrhoids. That's why they got tumors and hemorrhoids and all kinds of stuff. Go study it. I'm not making it up. That's crazy, isn't it? Come on, don't mess with God. Come on, somebody say don't mess with God. Don't (laughs) do it. Don't do it, man. It won't work out for you. So they messed with God. And they're like, man, get the God box out of here. And they send the box on a card. It's good effort, you know, new cart and all that. And they, they send it off. And it's, it stays in Abinadab's house for 20 years while Saul is king. Saul never once asked for the ark to come, to come to the city. Never calls for the ark of God. It's kind of crazy. It's a picture of religion lacking power. It's a picture of glorifying the past. In fact, the way that the ark got captured was Hophni and Phinehas, Eli the high priest. Hophni and Phineas take the ark into battle like a lucky charm, like a rabbit foot. And uh, they weren't right with God. They were in sin. You can read that. And as a result, the ark is captured, and they lose out. You know, you, you, know, you, you, don't, you, got, you got to be right with God. You're going to have power. You're going to have authority. The Psalm 91, because he set his affection on me, I will, I will protect him. And that's what Psalm 91 is talking about. You can write Psalm 91 on your fridge and drink it out of a coffee mug and do all kinds of stuff. But if you ain't right with God, you can't claim Psalm 91. All right, so you can have a a, a gold cross around your neck tonight, and if you're not right with God, you're going to get bit. You know what I'm talking about? You can hang garlic and do whatever you want. The vampire's still coming. It's a relationship with Jesus that keeps you safe and protected. It's out of that relationship. It's not some lucky rabbit foot or a lucky charm or a talisman or any of that stuff. All right, so, so the ark is captured and is brought to Abinadab's house. For 20 years it stays there. Abinadab has a son. His name is Uzzah. He's raised in a house that has the very ark of Almighty God for 20 years. So the boy's raised looking at this God box. He's raised looking at this thing like it's a piece of furniture or something. And the God box is brought from Abinadab's house by David. David says, how can the ark come to me? The very first thing that King David does when he becomes king, first thing he does. Okay, where's the ark? Give me the ark. It's the first thing he does as king. First act. Get the God box to the city of want to worship. go, Go, let's get the ark. I've heard about this thing. Ooh, I'm king now. Let's bring it. Bring it. How can the ark come to me? And so they're bringing the ark out of Abinadab's house and this dude, Uzzah, young man, reaches his hand to steady the ark when it rocks, is about to fall over, and he steadies the ark, but as a result, he's struck and he's split open because of his irreverent act, the text says. And while his entrails are there smoking from the ground, and he's dead, David calls on Obed-Edom. And I've shared all this before, but we'll bring it into the context of Luke 5 here in just a moment. He calls on Obed Edom, who happens to be standing around, and he says, Obed, yes, my king. He says, Bring the box to your house. What? It just killed cousin Uzzah. You know what I'm talking about? We're going to bring the box to his house. I mean, what do you say? To, what do you say to the king when he tells you, bring the box to your house? You say, Yes, sir. Right? He says, Yes, sir. I'm convinced I've imagined this many times over in my own heart. He goes and he gets his kids. His kids aren't accustomed to obeying it, so he brings them out to the field where Uncle Uzo's entrails are smoking. (laughs) There's the smoke rising from Uncle Uzo who's been struck because of his irreverent act, his act of familiarity. And let me say that we don't let kids play on our platform, run around with little microphones and mess with all the musical equipment and pull flowers out and do cartwheels and stuff unless it's under the anointing of God doing cartwheels and things like that is fine. And the reason we don't let kids just do anything in the sanctuary is because we don't want them to get familiar with where God gets, where God heals people, touches people, where the word of God comes forth. We don't, that, that's a very, very, it's very and very important to us. Because if your kid gets familiar, he gets anesthetized. Do you know what that is? He gets inoculated. Do you know what I'm, t- does anybody know what I'm talking about? He gets inoculated. So in other words, we have a whole generation of kids that are raised in the power of God, familiar with the presence of God, familiar with uh, His power. And as a result, they're like, yeah, I'm all up in church. Yeah, hallelujah. I go to church. Uh-huh, that's right. And then there's no reverence, though. And so they just take it for granted. I don't know if you know what it is to be in a dead church. I've experienced that before. No thanks. Can I get an Amen. So, if, if my, my wife or myself, my staff stopped your kid from running around up on the platform, that's why, because we don't want them to get familiar with the things of God and inoculated to God's power and presence. So, Obed Eden brings him out, looks at the smoking entrails of Cousin Uzzah, and says, The box is coming home. What? The box is coming to our house. Don't touch the box. Don't touch the box. You touch the box. That's what's going to happen. We're talking about me. That's, you're not going to get in trouble for me. That's what can happen right there. Smoking entrails. Uncle, Uncle Uzzah. And they bring the box to Obed-Edom's house. And you guys know the story. For three months it's there. And, the, and Obed-Edom's house is so blessed that, it, that, that it's got sunshine on a cloudy day. And i preach a message and sing. I got sunshine. On a cloudy day When it's cold
1: outside
0: Come on! I, I guess you said What can make me feel this way? My God My God Talking about my God My God Woo. Right? And so that's what happens when God's presence comes to your house. When it comes to your heart, everything changes. David hears about what God did at Obed-Edom's house. And he's like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. The presence of God. The presence of God is what you need in your life. You need the presence of God. You need the power of God. You don't need a set of rules and regulations. You need the presence of God that comes out of a relationship with Jesus. Imagine if that could happen here. I will tell you that every, every person I know that ever opened their home for a small group ends up like Obed-Edom. By the way, if you look at the trace Obed-Edom, do a little word study on the boy. He leaves home when the ark is taken. The ark is taken from his house because King David says, snap, I knew it. Give me the box. And he goes and he figured out how to carry it. It's carried on men's shoulders, not carried on a cart. They bring the ark to Jerusalem. David sets up what's called the tabernacle of David, a very unique way of worship that God allowed, breaking all the rules 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Families positioned all around the ark, worshiping and singing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. While at Shiloh, where the, where the priests were, they're still going through their priestly duties. And it is a picture of exactly where we are in the body of Christ. You still have dead Pharisaical denominationalism, denominationalism, is that right? Denominal I got that right. If I didn't get it right, it's tongues again. <laughs> that still exists. Where very few people get saved, where very few people get healed, where very few people get delivered, and the truth of God's word is very rarely preached. They go through some liturgical service as has everything but the power of God, although God is gracious because he stands over his word to see it performed. And whatever degree or measure the word is preached, come on, it doesn't return void. I, I heard the word of God like a, like a bell in my ear when I was in high school, Episcopal school, deader than a doornail, that service. However, they read God's word. And when I heard that thing, I thought, what does that mean? It just went into my spirit. It stayed with me, and God used that to save me many years later. That's still happening today. There's still dead denominations. And many denominations start in the fire. In fact, I would say that all denominations have started in the fire, meaning the fire of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the passion that comes from out of a relationship with the Lord. But they end up becoming dead, many of them. And we find ourselves in the body of Christ where the old wineskin, which the Lord is even concerned about, He doesn't want to see old wineskins destroyed, but he wants to pour in new wine. He wants to bring his power. He wants to bring his presence. He wants to bring the dunamis of God, the power of God. Not the eloquence of man, not the wisdom of man, not, not smoke and lights and video and cute little pithy sayings, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now if you have the power of the Holy Spirit and you add some smoke and lights, I think that could be okay. But don't try to have smoke and lights and pretend that's the power. And David bringing the ark, God allows for him to set up this veil-less worship. There's no holy of holies. It's open. Everybody can see it. Everybody can see the ark. Very different than the tabernacle prescribed by God to Moses to be built. Which the high priests are still doing the stuff in Shiloh while David actually has the power of God, the ark of God. It's exactly where we're at. I call it the tension of the two tabernacles. And God is concerned about denominations, and I believe he's going to pour out his spirit on the Catholics. I believe he's going to pour out his spirit, and has in times past, but I believe he'll do it again, an Episcopal church. You know, we started the church in um, King Salmon, Neck area. We rented a, a Mormon church. I don't know, you really can't call it a church. We rented a Mormon building. Well, if you understand what church is, that's not what it is. So, the ecclesia of God. So, we rented this building, and this guy came to one of the services, and he said, I knew it. I knew it. I have this prophetic word. I knew it. I knew I was going to see it come to pass. I said, what's that? He said, God is going to touch the Mormon church. Here he is. We're in their church. He's touching it. Praise God. I said, Amen. If we look at the text now in verse 17 of, of Luke 5. The power of the Lord was present to heal. Now we've talked a little bit about the Old Testament and the Ark. Applying it to the New, New Testament of where we are. The tension of the two tabernacles. But I want to encourage you tonight for the moments that remain. To contend for the power of God. Contend for For the anointing. The anointing uh, to anoint is to pour oil over or to, in the New Testament application, to release power and enablement. Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Could this happen today it it could happen today it it is happening today in the New Testament there's an emphasis on the power of the Lord. Second Corinthians turn there if you would second Corinthians chapter three and verse thirteen, if you'd put it on the screen, please second Corinthians three. Verse 13 is good, but we're going to go to 17. Verse 17, if you would. There it is. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, freedom. I've said it before, but here's another way to say it. Where the Holy Spirit is allowed to be Lord, then there's liberty. Then there's freedom. Then there's healing. There's an emphasis in the Apostle Paul's ministry. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of healing. What made the Apostle Paul such a dynamic instrument in the hand of God? It was the anointing, the enablement of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. He couldn't hardly speak. He was not eloquent in his speech. Romans chapter 15 verse 19 Describes the basis of the Apostle Paul's ministry. He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. I think he's got something to teach us. Can you say amen? amen? He says this. Romans 15. Verse 18. Pardon me. I will not venture to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. In leading the Gentiles to obey God. By what I have said and done. 19. By sign, the power of Signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. So how did he do these great things among the Gentiles? By the power of signs, wonders, miracles, through the power of the Spirit. So that in Jerusalem and all the way around Illyricum, I have proclaimed, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Don't have half a gospel. Half a gospel brings religious people that are bound and addicted. Have the full gospel. We need the full gospel. We need the power. Uh, Name the power of the Holy Ghost. That was tongues. That's right. What'd you say? It is said, "It's not by power and not by might, but it's by my Spirit," says the Lord. So, how were the Gentiles touched? How was Paul so effective in reaching? the known world, along with his yoke fellows and his team that God assembled, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the presence of God. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Go ahead, put that up if you would. Check this out. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. Many people have faith in human wisdom. And when the wind of hell blows and make no doubt about it, it will blow on everybody's life at some point. Maybe even numerous times if your faith is not founded on the word of God the power of God you will crumble I don't like trials, I don't like suffering but I sure like what it does for me 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5 my message and my preaching are not with wise persuasive words but with a demonstration of the spirit's power Not persuasion, the power, the presence of Almighty God. That is what convinced people that his message was from heaven. Not some gifting, not some charisma that he had in his own natural self. In the book of Hebrews chapter 2, and if you would, Hebrews 2, 4, pull that up. Demonstration. A is how you say it in the Greek. It means to exhibit, to accredit, to bring a display. Demonstration. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4, And God also testified. Anybody ever testified in a court of law? And God also testified to it by sign, to what? What did he testify to? He testified to the truth of the word, that the, the, the Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave, that the keys of hell and death have been snatched by our hero. He testified. God did what? He testified. He, he literally testifies and says, yes, that's right. And he does that. How does he do that? By signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. How do we know that the, what, we're, what we're reading is truth? I mean, you can study it. It never contradicts itself. Sixty-six different books, the Word of God, written on three different continents, from from farmers to noblemen. You talk about Jesus, over 300 scriptures that prophesied that God would do what He did through His Son, His one and only Son. Types and shadows throughout Scripture. Fulfillment of prophetic words that are absolutely impossible to do, except that God would do it. Over and over and over, the Word of God. Put the Scripture back up, please. Over and over and over. And when we read the Word, signs and wonders follow the preaching of the Word. You know why? Because when you preach the Word, then He goes, that's right. And He does a sign, He does a wonder, He does a healing. See, so many people don't preach the Word. So many people just have some religiosity about them. And they don't really bring the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. When you speak the Word, it takes the head off of stuff. When you testify to your family, many of you have shared your testimony, and I think that's a great thing, and it certainly has power. Revelation twelve eleven: we overcome the devil, we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and loving our lives, not so much as to shrink from death. Your testimony has power. There is no doubt about it. It is a weapon, a mighty weapon. But for the love of God, use the word of God. Preach the word of God. Specifically, you know my kids, when they were yeah, they're growing up now and they're wonderful, God-fearing children. I love them so much. Proud of you. We had picture Bibles for them when they, before they could read. I couldn't wait to get rid of them. You know why? Because you can pull a picture of something out of the Bible and flash it at the devil, he doesn't really give a flip. Oh, but if you teach your kids the Word of God, I couldn't wait to get away from the, the little watered-down version. You know, it's easier for them to read. I, Okay, maybe it is, but there has to come a point when they begin to learn the Word, when they begin to really learn the Word of God. And I, you know, more and more I'm loving the King James Version because it's so different than our own language. It's somehow, it's, you know, I don't think it's the only anointed version or anything like that, and there are those that can argue that point. The main point for tonight's message is this. Learn the Word. Preach the Word shared the word and when you do god will step up and say that's right bang miracles he testifies it's like he's sitting in the witness box it's like the holy spirit is in the witness box heavenly father's there on the stand and you come as a mediator and you stand before the throne with somebody who's sick and you say lord your word says by your stripes Lord, doesn't your word say yes? Your word says, Heavenly Father, by his stripes, we're healed. And the Holy Spirit says, that's right. Bang, healed. That's exactly how that is. That's the picture. It's a court of law. And the Holy Spirit is there in the, in the witness stand. And when you stand as, an, as a mediator, declaring what Jesus has done before somebody who stands before you, it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to testify of a miracle, with a miracle. Say, that's right. My word's true. Healed. Come on, somebody say, speak the word. Speak the word. All right, there's four things, and I'll close. Four things I see in the text that sets a stage for us as a church to see the Holy Spirit manifest in our services, manifest in our homes, manifest in our small groups and our outreaches at Pumpkin Patch, The first thing is prayer. Verse 15 and 16, come on, look at the Bible with me. Look at the Word of God. Luke 5, verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him. All the more and great multitudes came together, and he healed them of their infirmities and verse 16, so he himself, talking of Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and he prayed. Now, if the son of, son of God, fully man, fully God, if he had to go pray and he had the Spirit without limit, but he went and he prayed, how many of you think it would probably be a good idea, if we want God's presence and power to come, that we ought to have a lifestyle of prayer? He would constantly go apart and pray. He would constantly go. Not, he didn't go and counsel people. I do believe in counseling. But I mean, he would go and he would pray. Prayer counseling, that's different. Way greater results. We want the power of God, but we don't want to spend time in prayer. Well, you missed a great place to say amen. amen. You want God to manifest. We want God's anointing. We want God's enablement. We want miracles. We want signs. But we want it like jack in the Box. You pull up, give me number four, go big, whatever. Ding. And I'm thankful for when God shows up and we didn't do any praying. You know, anybody thankful for that? But if you will pray, you will see a greater release of God's power in your life. If the presence of the Lord is going to be manifested, we're going to have to spend time in prayer. Faith has got to be present. You'll see this man who's brought by four crazy friends, as it says in another account. They bring this paralytic on a bed, and they rip open the roof. They they, they pull the tiles up on the roof, and they lower homie down before Jesus. You didn't know his name was homie. That's what his name's homie. Homeboy comes down, lowered through the roof. They destroy somebody's house, so that he could get healed. And, and, and it says that when Jesus saw their faith, when he what? When he saw their faith. Faith is doing. Faith is action. Without, without works, faith is dead. Now, you gotta, you gotta, you'll see somebody's faith when they've got faith. They do stuff. They, they move forward. They position themselves. Faith has got to be present if we're going to see God manifest. Faith is action. What if if you anticipated God's power and presence to come upon your home, even tonight? Can you imagine for a moment you return home and you open the door and the cloud of the presence of God is in your house. Begin to take steps of faith. Begin to do things. Position yourself. You open the word. You know, I, uh, I dream more than I ever have before. I said, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, so I think I'm middle-aged. I see visions and I have dreams. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Can I, come on, all the middle-aged people say glory. glory. <laughs> yeah. And if, if I, before I go to sleep, will set my heart to say, God speaks to me through a dream, I, uh, I have this little journal that I've I got. I've tried to go electronic, but I just can't, I can't pull it off. i got to write. I've tried to. It just doesn't flow, man. Give me a pen. And, uh, you know, I heard the next generation is going to be bored with just thumbs. I'm not sure, but <laughs> you'll get that maybe on the way home. I put my journal next to my, I came back from Chile. I put my journal next to my, my bedside, and I put a pen there. And I'm saying, God, speak to me. When, when God gives me dreams, sometimes they're so, inc- sometimes they're pizza dreams. You know, you've got to discern what's what, but so detailed. He, he can speak to me through dreams. I, I've received amazing dreams that have that have really charted the course for my life and even for our ministry and moved us forward. And so and I've been going to sleep, and I'm, my faith is, I've got, this is my faith. I put my journal down to my bed, next to my bed, because I believe God's going to speak to me. I've got a pen, and I'm saying, Come on, Jesus. You can talk to me. I'll be listening. I'm going to pop up, and I'm going to write it down. That's faith. And so now you go to sleep, and I believe, I believe I'm going to have a dream tonight. I'm even talking. Come on, Jesus. Hook me up. Can you dream, God? Come on, God, speak to me. Some of you don't expect God to speak to you at all. He's waiting to speak to you in the quiet time you never have. time that maybe the lord's going to come and talk to me yes exactly that's exactly right he wants to come and talk to you Amen. faith has got to be present talking about how to set the stage for the power of god i'm almost done worship team would you come please being forgiven and obedient is crucial if we're going to see the power of god there's got to come repentance what do you mean repentance it means asking god to forgive you for all of your sins means living holy means living right god can't bless no mess as my sister kathy once said god doesn't bless no mess you want god's power you got to be right with god that's some magic hocus pocus thing where you got a bible now and and now now god's power is going to come because you got a bible in your hand look you you got to you got to live right for him amen you want god's power come on without whole without holiness no man will see the lord Healing power was released in this text, and you know I'm convinced that if you're not forgiven, well, you, you need to get forgiven, and then you need to be obedient. What do you mean obedient? Do what God tells you to do. Just obey. Whenever I go and I I, I go and I visit different churches or I travel, like we just did it over this last week, and. You know, we can have like normal services. You know, the, this is a good service anointed. There's a presence of the Lord is here. Not so much supernatural stuff happening just yet, but, but that could change. I, I think there has been. You know, sometimes we look with our natural eye and go, "Well, I didn't see too much." Look, God's doing more than you know. You know, we Pentecostals like seeing some manifestation or something. Somebody crying or whatever. We know God's talking. Look, God's. I've seen God touch people. They had no expression of their face. They, face. they come back transformed. You know they're transformed because 30 days later, they're still changed. And no matter how many tears you cry, and I'm, I'll be crying with the best of them. Jesus did what the Father was doing. He saw what the Father did and he joined in. Let me give you a key for miracles, signs and wonders. Look to see what God's doing and then join in with him. When I go and I travel as I started to tell you, I would look out over a congregation, especially when it's real religious and real stiff, which is not who we are here, but I think we're in about ankle deep water. Come on, how many of you gonna go a little bit deeper? And I would look over I'd look over a congregation, I look for I look for God's power. Okay, and, and what I can begin to see, even like now, I can begin to see the presence of God touching different people. And then I'll just join in with what the Lord's doing. I'll come alongside and I'll lay hands on somebody and maybe God will give me a word for them. And it's like it's like a, a rip begins to happen in the heavenlies. And we we'll just move to the next one. Hearts begin to open. People begin to get hungry and this power starts coming down sometimes people weep but sometimes people cry sometimes people laugh we don't need dead pharisaical religion we don't need a religion like the Sadducees that don't believe in the miracle power of God somebody said I don't believe in the Holy Spirit it's too late to talk to me about that because I'd have been dead a long time ago it's too late to argue your point with me about how there's no power it's way far gone I've experienced the devil's power. I've seen black figures. I've heard voices, all of that. I've been been in dark places. Jesus set me free from a life of torment, set me free from darkness and sin and debauchery. It's too late. It's too late to tell me there's no devils. It's too late. It's too late to tell me there's no power in the name of Jesus. It's too late. When his power comes and I want you to begin to contend for the power of God in your homes look this is family night we've got our kids here we don't have children's ministry tonight isn't that right minister Chris we don't have children's ministry tonight you know why? on purpose because we want you to have your kids all up in the service so that they can experience what we experience in our regular services so that we together as a family of God can come and the power of the Lord can can be present to heal Come on, stand up all across this place. Just begin to call on Him. Come on, call on Him. Because the final thing is worship. You want to set the stage for His power. You want to set the stage for His presence. Worship. Exodus 23, 25, if you'd put it on the screen. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25 and 26 says, Worship the Lord your God, and His blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you and none of you will miscarry or be barren in the land. I will give you a full lifespan. Worship the Lord your God and His blessing will be upon your food and water. Verse 25. I will take away sickness from among you. and None of you, verse 26, will miscarry or be barren in the land. I will give you a full lifespan. You worship the Lord. When you worship the Lord, it's also the context of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, some of you need you need to be baptized afresh. Some of you've never experienced the baptism of the Spirit of God for the evidence of speaking in tongues. God's got gifts for you. God has miracles for you. Come on all across this place. Lift your voice in worship. Worship him tonight. Come on, worship him tonight. Oh Holy Spirit, come. Jesus,
1: Jesus, Jesus. Holy
0: Ghost. Holy Ghost, come. Let the presence of the Lord fill this place. Let the presence of God fill this place. Yeah. Hey, hey. You. Lift your voice. Whoa. To remind you. Come stand with your brother. The Lord says to remind you of the word of the Lord. To remind you that you will go back. You will go back to where your home country is. You will come. I mean, this is your home now, but you will go back there one day. I say, I don't want to go back. (laughs) But what God's doing on the inside of you. It's bigger than anything you can know. You're being molded. You're being fashioned. You're learning. You're growing in character. You're growing in anointing. There will come a time when you'll return. There will come a time. There will come a time when you'll go back to your home country with an unction and a mandate from heaven. And I see you going in and coming out and going in and coming out. And there's there's other Latin American countries that you will go to also. And I'm going to use you even as, even as I intervened in your lives. I'm going to use you to intervene in the lives of those that you have a deep burden for. For you know what it is. Don't shake off the yoke that's upon you right now. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. There's a yoke that will try to come from another to bring discouragement. To try to bring an oppression over you. But you're yoked with a yoke that comes from God. And you're going to grow. You're going to grow in character. You're going to grow in unction. You're going to grow in anointing. The best is yet to come. It's going to be good. God so loves you. He loves you. There's a great purpose about your life now. It's, It's the very beginning. I'm fashioning that. I'm I'm it's like a it's like hot molten gold being poured in and the and then the mold is being broken off and God is revealing this treasured vessel For I've chosen you to be a vessel of mine says the Lord I've called you I've anointed you I'll make a way for you It's kind of like the the your footing was not as stable as you had hoped it would be. That was just because you're growing up. Now, as you're a young woman of God, you're finding some feet underneath you, and i put your feet in a firm place. There's a boldness and a confidence about you, and it's for the kingdom of God. There was an attack upon your physical body that the enemy tried to bring, and even fear that tried to come over you, says the Lord. I've broken that fear, and I've broken that physical attack. Even tonight, you're going to find a fresh strength coming. I see God strengthening your, your frame, your your organs. I see God strengthening your physical, your back. There's been like infirmity that tried to make its way into your home, even, even upon your own life. There's been an assignment to try to get you discouraged, to get you over into fear that you'd die early. The Lord wants you to know that you're not going to die early. You're going to live a long life. You're gonna lift up my name before many, many, many people. You're gonna write songs and be powerfully used by me. I've called you to be like, like a like a mighty vessel of golden oil I see pouring through you. Worship and prayer, intermingling and, and you being used by God. Now I break off this infirmity in the name of Jesus. This attack upon her physical body. I command you in Jesus' name, lose your hold right now. Now, Lord, touch her, heal her. Come on, Pastors Haggerty, come here. Come on, let's just reach your hands towards them. They're heading back home, going back to their vineyard. I want my staff to come, my leaders to come. Let's surround them. Come on, come surround them. And then we're gonna close. Pastor Alex. Hannah, would you take the keys, please? Pastor Alex, come. Prophecy. Give the word. Word of the Lord. come on reach your hands towards this family hallelujah
2: father we thank you for this family thank you lord that you have gifted them lord with such amazing anointings I just see you as a ship setting sail in a new season and a new voyage the lord is bringing you to a place where he's asking you to step out in faith and you've heard the cry of the lord and you have, you have kind of shuddered inside and thought, God, really, once again, am I to take the step once again? And he says, yes, son and daughter, once again, you will take the step and I will uphold you once again. Just as I gave you victory in the past, I will give you victory in the future. Do not let your arms down from reaching them to me. Do not let your knees get comfortable from getting on your knees before me. But as you cry out to me, watch as I answer. I will begin to put gold in your hand and a fire in your heart for that which is burning in the inside will begin to flow on the outside and you will see a releasing of God's power in your church. You will see a releasing of the miracles, signs, and wonders, even that which was prophesied in days of old that you will see come to fruition even in this time period. If you will seek me, if you will pay the price at my altar, you will see the breakthrough that you have desired and that you have prayed for. and time again my anointing is upon you says the Lord do not faint for in due season you will reap the harvest in Jesus name come on somebody say hallelujah so we commit them God into
0: your care and we thank you for Arizona we thank you for Flagstaff we pray sweep Flagstaff with the power of your spirit the demonstration the display of heaven Lord even as never before do not forget don't forget The vow, don't forget. The orphans, don't forget. Don't forget. Says Lord. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, wait for it. Will not not prove false, it'll come. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something from Jesus tonight power of the Lord every head bound every eye closed all across this place if you're not right with God I'll give you an opportunity as we do the close of nearly every service to give your heart right with Jesus if that's you you want to get right with God just pray this prayer right out loud very simple say dear Jesus thank you for dying in my place thank you for rising again from the grave for me Forgive me of all my sin and come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me, make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me, amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, touch, fill, bless your people. May we be a people that are a people of prayer. God, may we be a people of faith. May we be a people of radical obedience and repentance. And may we be a people that worship you in spirit and in truth. Setting the stage through those five things. To see the power of the Lord manifested in our church, in our homes, in our small groups, in our outreaches, in everything we do. May it be marked by your power of your presence. We thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name. Take someone by the hand. Danny Boy, come up here and close our service, son. I need to say one more thing uh, over you, sweetheart. There's a political, a, a, a political gifting that you have and mom dad they'll explain that to you but there's a there's a unique gifting even to be in politics in fact where's Edna Edna DeVries come come just lay hands on this precious her name Erica means ruler Tatiana it means it means ruler come on just just pray for her you know what is there anybody else you feel called to politics Anybody else? All right, good. Stand there. Here, we're going to do this differently. Come stand here. Yes, we can switch out. If, you need to. if you're called to Paul, you know that God spoke to you to be a part of the political process, to maybe run for office. or It might just be an intercessor for, for politics. If that's you, you want prayer, I want you to come. I want you to lay hands on it right now. Just, just lay hands up. Release that, that mantle that's upon you. Come on, Hannah. Come stand right here. Father, thank you. God has used Edna in a powerful way and continues to. Let that mantle, Lord, let a transference even of anointing come. In Jesus' name.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Come on, just thank Jesus. Thank you, thank you, God. Thank you. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Take someone by the hand. Ready? All right, Danny boy, you close it.
1: Father, God, I pray for your people. I pray that you cause your face to shine upon them, God. I pray you bless them, God. I pray that they go home to learning and that they be blessed, God. I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. God bless you. We will hope to see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Invite the family. Invite friends. It's going to be a great time. Ministry to the whole family Wednesday night. God bless those that are online. Hey, for those of you that... uh, We're getting candy. Get that candy, bring it in. Thank you for those of you that did. For those of you who haven't yet, if you would, please, don't stop praying for Pumpkin Patch. It's going to be awesome. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken.